Welcome to the Extraordinary Educators Podcast. Your hosts, Danielle Sullivan, National Director at Curriculum Associates, and Sari Liberis, Senior Manager, Marketing Operations at Curriculum Associates, are here to share actionable tips, best practices, and success stories to improve your teaching and drive student learning. Enjoy, and thanks for listening. Hi, everyone. This is Danielle. Hey, everyone. It's Sari, and welcome back to the Extraordinary Educators Podcast. We know there's a lot happening right now, and we hope we can provide you with some insights, tips and best practices, and breathing room from the critical work you do. We are here to support teaching and learning wherever it is taking place. And with us today, we are so honored and excited to have a very special guest, one of our teachers from our Extraordinary Educators class of 2021, Shane Twamley, who is a language arts teacher at Kramer Middle School in California. So welcome, Shane. Thank you so much for being here with us. you don't mind just introducing yourself to our listeners, that would be great. Okay, so I'm Shane Twomley, and I was an at-risk learner when I grew up in North Dakota, and I had a teacher that like noticed me and noticed that I was having problems. And the problem was is that my mother was in the hospital for two years after being hit by a drunk driver. And so I was home alone, And things were going downhill because I was basically a latchkey child having to raise himself until this fabulous teacher came along and noticed that underneath all that muck and mire and depression and sadness and non-engagement, there was a light. And so um, he really inspired me. And at the time when I was tested, I was like in the shady 80s. And then after that, I was um, like above 140, which... Back in those days, they said, oh, you're a genius. (laughs) But anyway, so the thing is, is that I always like to think of kids that you have to find the gold vein in the cave. And especially right now during the pandemic, you know, there's so much that has happened for everybody, even teachers. And so we have to be salt everything with grace. And when we're looking at our students, let's look at their potential and like dig deep, like find something good to celebrate in that kid. And it'll help you get through your year so much better when you're looking for the good. First off, thank you for sharing your story. And I'm so happy that you have overcome a lot in your life as we all have. So I want to lean in a little bit and let's talk about how your year has been going in particular this year. And how uh, how are you managing it all with any potential unfinished learning and how you're supporting and making sure your students are feeling validated just as you felt with your uh, the teacher that really reached out to you too? All right. Well, first of all, I want to just say that I don't consider myself an educator. I consider myself an inspirator because I think it's my job to inspire as well as educate. And um, this year, we need a lot of inspiration and teachers do too. Um, And it's important that teachers maintain their own balance because we've just been so overwhelmed. And you guys, I just want to tell you, I've been doing this for 40 years. This is my 40th year of teaching. And so when it comes down to like all the digital moves we've had to make during the pandemic and learning how to Zoom and everything like that, oh my gosh, I was like, you know, I wasn't born with an iPad in my head. I'm just a digital dinosaur. So if I can do it, anybody can do it. And that also includes iReady. So let me tell you something about iReady that I love. I love the diagnostic. It does what Common Core or any other large test should do, and that is give us the feedback so that we can adapt 
our teaching to what our students' needs are to help differentiate our learning and meet everybody in our classroom. I don't know what it is like in everybody else's classroom, but I have readers on grade levels one through nine in the same classroom. I have 38 kids in my classroom six times a day. And you're supposed to be relational. So um, I have to find a way to work smarter and not harder. And so by doing that, like giving the diagnostic, I learn what my students' needs are. And then I adapt my classroom to those. And by looking at the diagnostic, I can see like, what are their most common areas that have not been covered? Because last year it took, you know, I think it took like, for a lot of teachers, instead of doing 100% of what they normally did, we did maybe 60%. And, but I, as a middle school teacher, I inherit kids from all different kinds of teachers. So one teacher might've covered one standard and one might not have. That's one of the things that I like about iReady is that my kids can go back and do their own um, lessons to help fill in those learning gaps. Okay, but every child every year, we've all got learning gaps, right? And so um, I would like to say that we didn't have learning last year. Last year, I had learning shift. And what I want to talk about with that is that for the first time ever, like we had Wi-Fi and hotspots in our barrio area. I teach at a school that has a lot of duality economically. And for the first time ever, my kids, a lot of them had Wi-Fi and actually did more learning. And we closed that digital divide. And so instead of talking about learning loss, there was a shift where those kids learned how to do Zoom. They learned many things on their computer that they hadn't done before. And their parents had too. I actually Zoom conferenced with many of my parents that normally can't show up to school during school hours because they're working. And so that has helped develop more relationship with me and those students because I'll zoom into their house at eight o'clock at night. And maybe that's not within my boundaries for, you know, teachers like, okay, we just have to have our boundaries and everything. But sometimes doing one conference like that can save me hours of discipline or remediation with a kid. Definitely. I think it's so nice just to, to see the positive there and all of the ways that technology can help us better connect with families and be on their time and, and support them. Um, so that's really wonderful. I want to go back to something you said earlier about balancing and teachers working smarter, not harder. Um, mm -hmm. If I'm a teacher listening to this and I'm thinking to myself, that sounds really nice. How do I start? What are some things that either you do every day or every week or best practices that, that you could recommend um, other, other folks follow in your lead? Okay, well, this is gonna be for teachers and administrators both because what happened is that with Common Core and everything, we're not getting the feedback that we need to about what they are learning and what they are not. And I love that the diagnostic does that for me. When I became department chair at our school, I used to play baseball and I love baseball cards and statistics. And so I would take our California state test and like just go through it. And I would talk to other schools and say, how are you guys improving? Like, how are you filling these needs? Because my school is ready for program improvement takeover by the state. And we were like one of the bad schools. And then 
um, we were able to grow in that time 121 points in three years, which is the largest growth in California over three years. Okay. (laughs) But here's the problem with that is I did all the work. It was hours and hours and hours and hours of what now is at our fingertips and eye ready when we look at the diagnostic. And so if teachers can go into a PLC and they can all find like, oh, here's where our seventh graders are missing. And even if you could just like choose one of those strands and teach it to the class up on like your smart board, your whiteboard and do that lesson with them, then you if you did that once a quarter, those are four of the lowest efficient areas that your kids need help with. And like, you know, like if my kids are at seventh grade, I'm teaching a seventh grade class, but the average reading level in that class is like 4.8, then hitting those areas that they're low in and doing it with them is going to help them feel a lot more comfortable and you're going to see the growth. That's one way of like, you don't have to do all that research and like call other schools. It's at your fingertips, work in your PLC together. Um, you couldn't do it just by your own class. If that's like, what are your lowest areas you can teach to, or you can make it a PLC goal and use those as your benchmarks. That's a lot of great tips. Thank you. And sure. I do want to go back to two things you said. First, I really want to make sure that everyone heard. I love how you frame yourself as an inspirator. That is very powerful, especially uh, now students need to feel validated, seen, heard, and affirmed every single day. So I just want to honor you around that. And then the second thing I definitely want to point out is I love how you're calling it learning shifts. Because as you know, what shifts happen? Shift happens. Yep. And we have to adapt at the times. And like I said, if I've been teaching 40 years and I can adapt, then we can all become chameleons. So what on that line, what's maybe if you have some educators that are listening that might be struggling with shifting or struggling with adapting, mm-hmm. are there best practices or, or kind of advice you could give them to start to open their mindset in order to be able to be adaptive? Even okay, more? First of all, don't lose your joy. Okay. We all went into this teaching and stuff for the kids, right? So kids first. And here's something that I did. Okay. So for, in order to maintain my own sanity last year, I started working on succulents to do as therapy. Like I'm from North Dakota, like I'm a farmer, right? So I got my hands in the dirt. And when like the nurses and teachers started getting sick and we didn't know what to do for them, I made them succulent arrangements and gave it to them. And like, it helped me so much. So then I was asked to teach classes in the area, how to do succulents. So I was like, Oh, what am I going to call it? And so I ended up calling it um, universe, uh, succulent university um, or university succulents. Okay. And so then I, when I came back to school, I had made up these stickers for my succulent classes over the summer. And I asked my kids, I didn't, Hey, what is something you're good at? What is something you're an expert at? We're going to design a sticker for you. I want you to choose two colors that represent you. I want you to choose an image that represents something that you know about. I want you to choose an emoji to represent yourself. And so I have a whole sticker wall. And on that wall, then I've got every single kid in my classroom and what it is that they identify with so that I can talk to that kid and develop a relationship by talking their love language. 
And I tell them, look, don't call this Mr. Twomley's classroom because it's not, this classroom was built for you. It was built for the instruction and the betterment of you kids. This is your classroom and look around. I have all of your emojis up in my classroom. This is about you. But when I talk to those kids about those particular areas, about their dog or about skating or whatever, I can start making connection. And then it just flourishes in my classroom. And that gives me the joy and they feel like they're noticed and they're seen. That is so beautiful, Shane. What a, what a great idea and such a nice way to, to find what they like and what, what they honor about themselves and then to connect with them and really appreciate you sharing that insight. Unfortunately, that is all the time we have for today. Thank you so much for being here. Your, your students, your school community, they're so lucky to have you and we really appreciate your time and sharing your expertise with us. Thank you. Of course. And as always, you can follow along on Twitter at Curriculum Asoch and on Instagram at my iReady. Please be sure to tag us in your post too. If you have feedback about the podcast, a topic of interest, or want to be a guest, you can email extraordinaryeducators at cainc.com. Thank you for listening. Please be sure to subscribe where you listen to podcasts and review an episode if you feel inclined so we can reach more educators. This is about you. We are here for you. So until we meet again, be you, be true, be extraordinary. This podcast is produced by Curriculum Associates and is the copyrighted material and intellectual property of Curriculum Associates.